1: your belief that God is able? Where is your belief in the word of God? Don't you believe that God is able? And where is your faith that says, even if he doesn't rescue me from this situation, I'm still going to serve God all the days of my life. That is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego.
0: That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message.
1: Today I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Daniel chapter 3. Our story centers around three Hebrew teenagers. Their names are Shadrach... Meshach and Obednego. And years ago, if you're not old, you don't remember this, but years ago, there was a song about those three boys called They Wouldn't Bow, They Wouldn't Bend, They Wouldn't Burn. And so today, that's my sermon outline. You can't get any better than that. And so point number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. These teenagers would not bow. They were fully devoted to Jehovah. God. They did not care the circumstances. They were going to serve God. And Daniel chapter 3 begins with two words, King Nebuchadnezzar. I want you to say Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> now Nebuchadnezzar was the greatest king in the history of the Babylonian empire. He's mentioned in the Bible, people don't realize this, 90 times. This was 600 years before Christ. The Babylonians led by King Nebuchadnezzar. They came to Judah, they conquered Judah, they destroyed Judah, and they deported Judah. They took the Hebrews back and the Jews back to the land known as Babylon. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar was brutal, he was powerful, he was an ambitious king. And so we come to verse 1, Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar, well, the first thing he did is he made an image of gold. And the Bible says that this image was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. So he builds this image of gold. And then look at verse 2. He then sent out the invitation. He summoned the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image that he had set up. They're going to have a, a dedication service. And so they assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. And then verse 4 says, Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do. You didn't really have a choice. O peoples, nations, and men of every language. Verse 5, As soon as you hear the music... As soon as you hear the sound of the horn and the flute and the zither and the lyre and the harp and the pipes and all kinds of music, when you hear that, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And verse 6 reads, whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a what? Blazing furnace. And so all of a sudden the music starts to play. And everybody bows down and begins to worship this false image except three Hebrew teenagers who refused to bow down. Their names Shadrach, Meshach, and Obednego. Now skip down to verse 12 in your text. And how many of you know there were some advisors that came and they were tattletales? How many of you know in every group there's always tattletales? There's always tattletales. And so some men are tattletales. They come to the king in verse 12, and here's what they report. There are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Their names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve you, your gods, nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Now, I want you to picture this scene. There's a 90-foot-tall image of gold Shimmering in the sunlight. VIPs from the entire empire. They're all waiting for the ceremony to start. There's an air of excitement. The press secretary stands and announces the service is about to begin. When you hear the music, uh, we want you to fall down and begin to worship the image of gold. I'm sure there was a murmur in the audience that day. The press secretary continues as a little added incentive. Do you see that smelting furnace over there, the one of raging fire? If you refuse to bow down to the image of gold, you will be thrown alive. There is no appeals process. Immediately you will be thrown into that fiery furnace. Now imagine you're there that day. You're looking over at the 90-foot gold image, and then you look at the furnace full of flames. You look at the golden image... And you look at the fiery furnace. Now, this is not a difficult decision. Which would you choose? Most of us would say, man, I can't wait for this music to play because I'm going to be the first one on the ground. (laughs) You see, what you don't realize is they could hear the crackle of the fire. They could smell the odor of the flames. The smoke was billowing out of the furnace. There is a conductor with the orchestra who stands he taps the baton he raises his arms the members of the orchestra raise their instruments and on the downbeat the entire orchestra begins to play had you been there you would have heard the sound of tens of thousands of knees hitting the dirt and foreheads to the ground And after the dust clears, all across that plain there were tens of thousands of people and all the VIPs were on their face before the image of gold, all except the three Hebrew teenagers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is a powerful scene in the Word of God, these teenagers standing up to King Nebuchadnezzar. And I just want you to know, I want to say something to every teenager Every high school student and every college student in this room right now, as your pastor, I want you to know that I pray for you today that you will never bow down and worship the things of this world and that you will always stand for God and the things of God in this culture. That statue represented three things. Write them down as quickly as you can. First of all, it glorifies money. It was wealth and materialism. That's what it stood for. Secondly, it deifies man. This image was made in the image of man. And it elevates man above God. Humanism dethrones God and enthrones man, which, by the way, is the official religion in the United States of America. It's humanism when we place ourselves above God. The third thing this did was it falsified worship, which is forced worship. You see, uh, Nebuchadnezzar did one thing wrong, and he did one thing right. The thing that he did wrong was he tried to force people to worship. And you can never force people to worship. Now, if I put a fire over there and said, if you don't worship, we're going to throw you in the fire, most of you would start worshiping. But that wouldn't be worship. Because it doesn't come from the heart he tried to force worship but what did he do right and this is not the purpose of the text but i see this in the text that nebuchadnezzar understood there was a connection between music and worship because he said when you hear the music we want you to to worship you see god created music to aid us and to lead us into worshiping him listen i've seen this a thousand times. Some old boy, he comes to church. It's the first time he's ever come into church. He's sitting there with his arms crossed. He's got a frown on his face. He's looking around. Everybody's singing. He can't figure it out and he's not happy. But if you can get that same guy to come like three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row, by the fourth time he walks in here and he's looking around, he no longer has a frown. At least he's like got a normal face. And if you look carefully, he's tapping his foot to the music same guy if you can get that same guy to come for like two months without missing a sunday maybe three months i've seen this over and over again the same guy the first time he walked in here he's like this with a frown now he's actually he's like mouthing the words he's not really worshiping but he's like trying to follow along like karaoke but about the fourth fifth or sixth month if he comes regularly there comes a moment of time where i see that same guy I look out and I see him with his hands raised and he's singing these songs and he's fully (laughs) worshiping a living God. Because God will use worship and praise to get your heart right. Now the devil can take anything, including music, and counterfeit it. And and the devil can take music to lead your heart away from God. That's why it's important that you listen to the right kind of music. Some of you are listening to the wrong kind of music. Music the music some of you listen to actually takes you away from God because the devil can counterfeit that. Music will either draw you closer to God or it will lead you away from God. And if you're here today and you're struggling, you're hurting inside, you're just broken and you don't know what to do, you're so discouraged. Take the next seven days of your life, the next 14 days, the next 21 days of your life, turn off uh, political news, turn off sports radio talk news and listen to christian worship and praise every single day and see if god doesn't get your heart back where it's supposed to be king nebuchadnezzar did something wrong and that he was trying to force people to worship but he had something right he knew the connection between music and worship i praise god these boys wouldn't bow and they were devoted to god number two write this down these boys wouldn't bend they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't bend. They were determined. When given a second chance, they would not compromise their convictions. I want you to look at verse 13. Furious with rage, because these boys wouldn't bow down, the tattletales told on them, King Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 14. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Verse 15, he gave them a second chance. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, if you boys are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, that is a very good thing for you. Because if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace, And then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reply to the king. And what they're saying here, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. And then they make this statement in verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to to save us from it, and He will rescue us from your hand, O King. And then we come to verse 18. Now, if you've ever underlined a verse in your Bible, this should be the verse. The boys then say in verse 18, Even if He does not deliver us, we want you to know, O King, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up verse 17 they said oh king we want you to know you say he won't deliver us we want you to know god is able to rescue us from those flames but then they have this statement of faith in verse 18 but even if you turn we three omigos into three taquitos if we burn like crispy bacon we will never bow and we will never bend to that false image of gold. You see, there's two kinds of faith. Write it down. The first is faulty faith. Those are the people, and some are here in this room today, who say, I will trust God if God delivers me. That's foxhole religion. You're in a foxhole. God, get me out of the situation. God, if you get me through this, I will serve you. That is faulty faith. The second kind of faith is real faith. This is the faith we all need to have. That says, even if I die, I'm going down trusting in God. I believe that God will deliver me, but even if God doesn't deliver me, I'm still going to serve God all the days of my life. We have people in this room right here. Some of you, you don't even know, but someone who you're even actually sitting next to today is suffering with cancer or some sickness or some disease. Now, I believe, if you have cancer here today, I just believe that God will deliver you from that cancer. I believe that. But if, if He doesn't, will you continue to serve Him? That's the question. Some of you are in financial ruin. And I just believe, I just believe that God will deliver you from that financial ruin. I I believe that God's going to bless you and get you out of that situation. I believe that. But if he doesn't, will you continue to serve him? If you're a college student, you go to college and your professor made it very clear at the beginning of the school year that if you are a Christian or if you stand up for any moral principle in this class, you will fail this class. I believe that God will help you pass that class. But if he doesn't, and you fail that class, will you continue to serve the Almighty God? Some of you are going through a fiery, unexplainable trial right now. You're in the midst of the furnace. I believe that God will rescue you from that furnace. But even if he doesn't, will you keep serving him? I get physically sick at the number of letters that I get from people who say well I tried God and God didn't answer my prayer and I don't like the way things happen there and so I left and I'm not coming back like what kind of faith is that where is your belief that God is able where is your belief in the Word of God don't you believe that God is able And where is your faith that says, even if he doesn't rescue me from this situation, I'm still going to serve God all the days of my life. That is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And number three, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't bend. Oh, write this down. These boys wouldn't burn. And yes, I'm going to read the rest of this because this is a great story in the Bible. Amen. Look at verse 19. Oh, you think Nebuchadnezzar was mad then. Now he's really mad. Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. And verse 20, he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army. Why would he command the strongest soldiers? Well, because some of you, if I ask you to tie this teenager up, You would tie a little knot. Those teenagers would get out of that knot because teenagers can get out of almost anything. (laughs) And so in verse 20, he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie these three teenagers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then they threw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, verse 21, wearing their robes, their trousers, these are all flammable things, their turbans and other clothes, they were bound and thrown into that blazing furnace. Verse 22, look at this. The king's command was so urgent the furnace was so hot, ask me how hot was it? That the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. That's a hot furnace. And these 3 men verse 23 firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Now I have a question. How many of you are good at math? How many of you can count? Because the king is confused in verse 24. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, Hey, hey, weren't there, th- hey, how many kids did we throw in that fire? He said, Three, three. Are you sure? I, I thought we threw three in there. They said, King, that's how many we threw in there. We threw three in there. Verse 25. He said, Look, I see four. They're walking around the fire unbound, unharmed. And that fourth fellow looks like a son of the gods who is that fourth man it's the pre-incarnate jesus you say what does that mean well three or four times three or four times in the in the old testament jesus himself appears on earth before bethlehem and i can easily imagine the pre-incarnate christ he's up in heaven it's not time for him to come to earth yet bethlehem is 600 years away and he gets the report Uh, lord you're not going to believe what happened you know king nebuchadnezzar that ambitious mad king of babylon that deported all the jews back to to babylon yes well he made this statue and he issued this decree that everyone should bow down and if they didn't bow down that they would be thrown into the fiery furnace and and lord you're not going to believe this there's three teenagers who refused to bow down and king is getting ready to throw them into the fiery furnace and i can see the pre-incarnate christ standing up from his heavenly throne he steps across the ramparts of heaven he begins to walk down a starry staircase and he goes himself into that blazing furnace and there he was jesus waiting joining those three hebrew teenagers when they were thrown inside there and i can see jesus turning to all those fiery flames and he says these words cool it <laughs> and he turns to shadrach meshach and abednego and he says no need to worry boys i'm in control and he was and he is in control so verse 26 i got to read the last three verses nebuchadnezzar he then approaches the opening in the blazing furnace and he begins to shout Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Well, you were the one that threw them in there. He said, come out. Come here. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of the fire. Verse 27, and the state traps, the prefects, the governors, the royal advisors, all those VIPs, they, they crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was the hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. And the last verse, King Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Obednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve or worship any god except their own
0: That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that problem with crude language or gossip, struggling with prejudice, brokenhearted, anxious, or depressed, God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 you can also get God has an app for that on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God has an app for that, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.